Part 1. My Shark Tank Experience There is an old saying for authors to write what you know. This first section of Shark Bites is all about my own personal experience on Shark Tank. In the months leading up to my taping, and then my airing, I ate, slept, and breathed Shark Tank. Some parts of my story are similar to other entrepreneur stories, see those starting on page 45, but every Shark Tank entrepreneur will tell you the same thing. There is nothing else on earth like being in the tank. Chapter 1. How I Got on ABC's Shark Tank by Scott Jordan, Season 3, Episode 7. As a passionate promoter, founder of a pocket-filled clothing company, Scott Evest, and now an author, Pocket Man, it makes perfect sense that I would want to go on ABC's hit show, Shark Tank. After all, how many entrepreneurs are veeing to get on the show and be seen in front of millions of viewers? The answer? Most of them. A lot of people imagine what it would be like to get on Shark Tank, and this is the most frequently asked question I hear, other than how someone else can get on Shark Tank. This is a brief account about what the months leading up to the airing entailed. It was the summer of 2011. My hidden pocket clothing company, Scott Evest, was up and running, and the business was growing steadily, adding employees and products regularly. I felt like we had an opportunity to pursue tech technology-enabled clothing as a spin-off company on Shark Tank. Tech was and is the licensing subsidiary of Scott Evest and licensing the intellectual property of tech to other clothing companies was my original intention while developing Scott Evest as a retail brand. In many ways, I was going back to my roots as an entrepreneur by pursuing Shark Tank. As an entrepreneur, I already loved the show, so my team and I started to pursue an appearance as an opportunity to grow tech. It seemed like it could be a great way to quickly grow the name, the business, and to license tech to most major apparel brands. It started with an email. My company had occasionally worked with a freelance PR agent, and we knew that she had also worked with some people involved with Shark Tank. We certainly did not get preferential treatment, but we did get two things, the email address of someone at the production company to CC on our application, and an assurance that my application would at least be seen by one person and not lost in the shuffle. Sometimes, that's all you can get, and sometimes, that's all you need. This application, like the rehearsals to follow, went through many iterations, draft after draft after draft, until I took a deep breath and hit send. Nothing happens if you don't hit send. Everything begins with paperwork. I heard back within minutes that they were at least generally interested, and anytime you don't get a hard no from the media, it could be a yes. Actually, sometimes no still means yes if you persist long enough. There were a lot of hoops to jump through, even initially, and I had a phone interview with Rhett Beckner, a producer from the show, who has now become a good friend. The questions were pretty generic. He asked me about myself, about what experiences shaped me, and about how I got the original idea for the product. It went pretty well, and in my typical fashion, I followed up with supporting materials and emails. I was very comfortable speaking about my company and about myself, since I had been in business since 2000. If I was not prepared, this might have been my first, last, and only conversation with anyone involved with the show. If you want to be on Shark Tank, don't wait until after you submit your application to figure out your elevator pitch. Your elevator pitch is potentially a huge part of what will get you on the show at all. 
After what felt like five rounds of video submissions, Skype calls, and many communications, we got to the point of a contract to appear on the show. The contract consisted of a mountain of paperwork that we had to submit. Perhaps all the sharks have invested in paper mills, and this is their way of drumming up business. It turns out that there was something hidden in that mountain of paperwork that even the most diehard viewers of the show were unlikely to know. As a former lawyer, even I had to tip my hat to the expert lawyerliness of this hidden line. The Shark Tank Secret At the time of my appearance, there was a rule that was kept secret from the home audience. Just for appearing on the show, the producers got 5% of your company or 2% of your profits. It didn't matter if one of the sharks chose to invest in you or not. Sign on the dotted line and you had a 5% partner for life. While this rule was repealed in October 2013 at Mark Cuban's insistence and based on my appearance on the show, it was part of the deal when I was applying for Shark Tank in 2011. This is an incredibly important thing to keep in mind, and it's something that the viewers at home never knew unless they happened to see the above image in the end credits for the fraction of a second it appeared on screen. In fact, the line about this percentage was buried on page 28 of the 32-page contract. Oh, you can't read the text on that screenshot? Neither can most people. Here it is zoomed in. Sony Pictures Television, a designee of Mark Burnett, and ABC may receive equity in or a share of revenues generated by the businesses included in this program. For the first time since my escape from the law that resulting in starting my company Scott Evest, I thought, good thing I was a lawyer. I'm sure there was at least one mild-mannered inventor who missed that language and is still sending them quarterly checks. No one's appearance was free. My appearance was not free. After over a decade running Scott Evest, we were a thriving business. I certainly didn't need any partners on that end, and I wasn't going to give up 5% of my pocket empire to appear on a TV show. I could buy commercial time during the show for less money than that. But the opportunity to give tech a proper launch, the opportunity to put the concept behind my patented clothing innovation on display for the whole world was not something I was going to let slip away. I was willing to give up 5% of tech, and I did. That's why you never heard me breathe the word Scott Evest on Shark Tank. If I said it while the cameras were rolling, even if they later edited out before airing, I would owe 5% of my company. One slip of the tongue, and it would be a multi-million dollar mistake, and they knew it. It scared the you-know-what out of me. When I discovered the 5% clause, it was maybe six weeks into the process. Honestly, I felt more than a little duped. It took some clarification from the producers to ensure us that presenting tech was not going to jeopardize 5% of Scott Evest. This part was non-negotiable, and they put the risk of making a mistake squarely on my shoulders. It was worth the risk. I found out that I was a semi-finalist for next season's episodes in mid-June, which meant the second round of forms and a video submission would be due about a month later. That's when I went into training. Practice makes perfect. My team and I got to work scripting everything I had to say, the initial pitch to the sharks, and all sorts of questions and answers that they might throw at me. I also started my diet. Whenever filming was going to start, I was determined to look good, feel good, and feel like I look good. Every camera puts 10 pounds on me, so I dove right into what I called the ambient diet. I'd take a prescription sleep pill every night before I had the urge to snack after dinner. It's the only thing that works for me. 
I worked with my team and with Rhett, the producer, on my pitch for tech. We live-streamed rehearsals. That way, I could get input from contractors who weren't on site, and I filmed many variations and versions. Everyone was subject to strong confidentiality agreements, and Shark Tank does not take confidentiality lightly. Part of the application and approval process is to submit videos to Shark Tank so they can judge how you come across on video, and also so they can give you some feedback on refining your pitch. All in, I spent hundreds of hours practicing for Shark Tank. I was confident I could answer any question they could ask, but I was terrified about forgetting my pitch, or worse, saying Scott Evest. For a shameless promoter, staying silent about the company I built for years was going to be incredibly difficult, but there were literally millions of dollars on the line if the name slipped past my lips. Patience is not my virtue. Filming was originally supposed to take place in July in Los Angeles, but they added me to the September filming group instead. I took the time to continue training and continue losing weight. I went over the pitch again and again and practiced loading and unloading my vest to demonstrate the tech system that would be licensed to companies if the sharks came through for me. Ultimately, all that training paid off, but what I couldn't control was the editing. To see some of my real-time reactions, check out scottevest.com slash sharktank.